if you're not genuine about something, then you probably shouldn't be doing that because there are so many other things you can be doing. It's really a matter of thinking of like what makes you happy, as cliche as it sounds, when you are spending your time. And if something makes you happy, right, you'll realize that there's always something bigger you can do with that happiness. Hey, I'm Bailey. And I'm Stephanie. Welcome to Never Too Early, a podcast where we showcase young activists, NGO founders, and entrepreneurs. In this episode, we speak with Justin Kim, a high school student based in Hong Kong. He is the youngest world Taekwondo HQ master in Hong Kong and uses his passion for martial arts to fuel the social change he makes through his organization, Kick Action HK. He is also the founder and leader of various other organizations relating to his passions in debate and innovation. Continue listening to hear about how he uses his talents to make a difference, why he values patience, and his advice for students who are still looking to find what they are passionate about. Welcome or welcome back to Never Too Early. Today, we're super excited to have Justin on the podcast. So as a fun question to kick us off, um, we'd like to ask you, Justin, what is something that you're grateful for today? Um, I mean, first of all, you know, as corny as it sounds, I'm grateful for this opportunity, right? Like, it's great to have the opportunity to discuss, to sit down with uh, other change makers around Hong Kong. Like, it's pretty inspirational, given that you guys have a lot of uh, projects that you pursue as well. So I'm really um, grateful for that. I'm also very grateful for the fact that uh, I had really nice steak today. Yeah, what are you grateful for? Um, for me, I think I'm really grateful for the great weather today. Um, in Hong Kong, it's been quite a weird few days. Like some days it's very cold, some days it's just very hot. Um, I think today the weather was really pretty. And um, as I went back home from school, I really got to enjoy the relaxing weather. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really grateful for that. Bailey, how about you? Today, I'm really grateful for... School. As silly as that may sound, I had a pretty good school day and had classes I really enjoyed and actually were really engaging. I was able to have like thought-provoking discussions. So that's something that I'm happy about. Slightly shifting gears and just moving on from that. Um, Justin, as we said, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Would you mind giving a short introduction of who you are or what you do to people who may not exactly know about all the things you do yet? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess like I'm Justin Kim. Uh, I'm currently a junior in high school at Chinese International School. Um, I'm Korean slash American, um, legally at least. And um, there are a couple of passions that I have, including um, debating, uh, primarily uh, martial arts as well, more specifically Taekwondo. I'm also really into things like tech, computer science, as well as student politics, I guess. And I guess just a couple of things about me that are quite fairly interesting, I guess, is that um, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I also love Olivia Rodrigo music. Um, so yeah, I think that I have like really good music taste and that kind of applies to a lot of other um, tastes that I have, like food, you know, entertainment. And yeah, I guess I'm a pretty otherwise mundane person, but yeah, amazing, I'm happy to be amazing. here again. Well, yeah, and I have to agree with you with the whole... Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo fan. I'm up there with you. Um, but one thing I really love that you said was about turning your passions into, you know, making an impact. So we'd love to just look into your like passion in martial arts more and see what you're doing with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess for sure. Um, so martial arts, I guess, is something that 
it's really it's really personal for me because it's something that I pursued since I was four years old, and um probably the hobby that I pursued for the longest for sure, and I put the most time into. Um, it started with something that I felt made me look very cool. Um, from a young age, doing martial arts, you know, it really was in alignment with a lot of the TV series that I watched, right? Like Ninjago, um, you know, Ben 10, where there are a lot of martial arts. I thought it looked pretty cool. But I think like as I got older, um, I started to get better at as well, winning things like gold medals, silver medals around competitions. But I feel like what really revolutionized that and made my passion evolve to something bigger than just about myself was um, last year, last summer, when I was able to um, receive a master's license from the South Korean government. Um, when I received the master's license, um, that made me the youngest licensed master from World Taekwondo headquarters. And that kind of get, um, made me feel like I had a sense of you know, power and um, responsibility to actually share this, uh, this beautiful martial art that I've taken a lot of mental health benefits away from and something that has provided me with a lot of fulfillment to others. And more specifically, um, given that I did do a history and individuals and societies research project on domestic and migrant workers, I felt that you know this really connected really well because on one hand, I'm researching about the many abuse cases on a physical, verbal, and sexual level that uh, a lot of migrant workers, domestic workers face. And on the other hand, I'm, I'm learning literally how to defend yourselves in pragmatic situations where you may feel threatened. So I tried to, I started to kind of develop the connection with one another. And I guess this sort of sense of credibility that I established within myself made me really push this responsibility that I had. So um, I guess that's what really made me feel like martial arts was a, an extremely powerful tool that could really help these domestic workers. Um, I guess just more specifically on what martial arts um, has done specifically is that, I mean, historically it was founded on the idea of combating oppression. You saw that the Koreans invented it in response to Japanese annexation, which is quite interesting. Um, I, I also draw, drew the intellectual link from there. So I think that from there on, um, you know, just practicing more and, you know, engaging with domestic workers, I felt that, you know, why not start a self-defense program where I could share this passion that I had for social good. That is so amazing. It's just inspiring how you can take like your hobby. Um, it went into like a professional level, I guess. Um, and now how you're using it to help minorities in Hong Kong. Um, so following up on that, would you mind giving some background on the domestic worker situation in Hong Kong and perhaps why specifically you want to help them? Yeah, so I think what's really unique about, you know, domestic workers and at least Hong Kong specifically is that I think domestic workers share a very intimate relationship uh, with a lot of members in the Hong Kong community, right? In many cases, they literally live with you. And at least for my domestic worker, right? I've been living with her for an extremely long time and she's almost been like a second mother to me, right? I'm doing things like creating, um, making breakfast for me, you know, making sure that I feel good. Yeah, these kind of things that really inspire you to look at these domestic workers as beyond just, you know, people who do domestic chores and help out with the household work, but rather people, you know, who you genuinely care about in your life. And, you know, like similar to how you would get concerned if you heard that your friends and maybe, um, you know, your other people that were so that were of great concern to your friends who are being actively harmed, that kind of kind of raises your eyebrow and makes you want to care a bit. I guess this was the kind of same experience that I had with domestic workers specifically, um, especially when I'm constantly seeing um, like even my domestic workers as friends start to leave Hong Kong because they've been abused and they've uh, terminated relationships with their employers. And um, to see that as well as just, um, you know, the news as well, uh, really strikes to me as concerning because domestic workers, they do so much for Hong Kong, not only just on an economic level where um, the domestic workers' presence literally allows for a lot of women to go to work 
right? But they've also done things like take care of me, right? I think that applies to a lot of other um, household families as well. So because of the significance on an economic and cultural level, I think that there is a sense of responsibility to really want to create community inclusion for these domestic workers. And yeah, I felt that um, martial arts, as I said earlier, right, was my way of sort of saying thank you and trying to integrate them back into, um, you know, Hong Kong where they can feel welcome. Absolutely, that is really so inspiring as we said. So would you mind explaining a little bit more about what Kick Action does on a day-to-day -day basis or with your initiatives and also how you see that impact and how what you do change the perspectives or the lives of um, these domestic workers that you guys help and work with? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just more specifically on Kick Action, um, it's a nonprofit organization based on obviously helping domestic workers with martial arts. And um, on a weekly basis, we basically run um, two self-defense programs a week on Saturdays and Sundays, on the respective days in which domestic workers take leave, um, at least by law. Um, yeah, we host sessions in the morning that are around 90 to 120 minutes long, where we teach them, you know, Taekwondo, uh, boxing, Muay Thai in practical settings. For them to not only defend themselves but actually you know excel in the martial arts themselves so that's a great way for them to learn how to defend themselves you know gain a lot of mental and physical benefits that can you know really mitigate a lot of the stress that they feel in their day-to-day -day work um, moreover um it's these in these self-defense programs we make sure to emphasize things like uh, resistance and discipline because that is inherent in martial arts and uh we think that we have the philosophy that if you can master discipline within the martial arts that would extrapolate to other things as well you know and help you deal with other uncomfortable situations that you might face in your day-to-day -day life. So we run those programs on a weekly basis. But obviously, our team is not just um, a bunch of martial arts instructors who just do kicks and punches and all that. Um, but we also have, you know, engineers as well as marketers. Um, marketers are interesting because um, they obviously do a lot for our socials. But what's interesting is that they actually, um, we're actually planning on trying to do more than do for domestic workers than just martial arts, but actually including arts themselves, right? And um, we are trying to collaborate with other arts-based organizations there. Because we do think that um, you know arts and martial arts they share a lot of the same benefits in terms of you know mental mental health benefits alleviating alleviating stress etc. Now finally um, the interesting part is the engineers right now because uh, right now we're in the middle of discussing with Help for Domestic Workers um, a legal organization that provides pro bono services to domestic workers um, legal services uh, we're trying to work on the first pop up you know martial arts gym in Hong Kong. So um, we've applied for a huge grant uh, from over like 50K Hong Kong dollars from our school um, to help us fund uh, our engineers to build equipment like you know, dummies, uh, heavy bags, et cetera, to put in this uh, in, in, in a gym that domestic workers and other ethnic minorities can go to on Saturday and Sunday mornings to just train themselves. Now, the reasoning behind that is that we want to create a self-sustaining program that allows for domestic workers to access martial arts without even the presence of you know, martial arts instructors. That way, we think there can be a sustainable program that continues to run even when you know me and my colleagues are going to university or we're having full-time employments and can't run these services right at least they have this gym that they can go to and continue to pass on knowledge within themselves so it's this kind of a community what we want to build and obviously engineering is an integral part of that because we literally have student engineers willing to you know um, go through all the materials and try and assemble them together using mathematical calculations and all that wow that's so amazing like i'm excited to see that happen too um so really excited for you building up on that could you talk about one of the biggest lessons um, that you've learned from starting Kick Action? So like it must have been not easy to start an entire organization and have like weekly classes. 
Yeah. Any lesson you've learned or anything you've taken away from this entire journey? Yeah, 100%. I, I think I've taken away a lot. And probably the one that strikes the biggest to me and means the most to me is patience. And this is on an organizational level, which I think would be helpful for a lot of um, students who are ambitious and willing to kickstart their own projects, right? It's really important to have um, patience, I think, with any kind of organization that you're part of or that you found, find or you start, right? Because initially for me, I was getting like um, one or three domestic workers attending sessions every week which was quite stressful and it wouldn't even be the same ones coming back over and over again so this made me question like oh uh, is my teaching bad is what I'm are my fundamental beliefs and how this pro these programs should run like flawed or something like I kept questioning myself right but I think that throughout like just continuous trust in you and your team and wanting to you know just keep pushing for that vision that you had when starting this organization in the first place is so crucial because you know with patience um you know i trusted my media team to post a bunch of you know marketing ads about like you know the sessions that we did and eventually it blew up on facebook it took on like fifteen thousand views and we started getting a lot of people coming in so i think that yeah patience is extremely important and um i just like to kind of uh, do a derivative off that a little bit by talking about you know my debate as well because um with debate at least um i never really sort of uh, engaged with the hong kong community or global community um, in terms of debate until like quite recently and i think that it started with a grassroots thing where i started a debate club within my school within a small community and just throughout time right my passion progressed to the point where i felt i was ready to share my passions and you know sharing debate tournaments to the wider community so yeah patience is extremely important that is so amazing and just such an important lesson that I think is really underappreciated or not noticed a lot of times. I don't think a lot of people think about the patience that goes into starting a youth organization and working on it and really watching it slowly grow um, and accelerate. So that is truly amazing and a great point to add. And you also mentioned your um, work with debate. So I'd love to ask you about that and how your work with debate actually impacts and makes a difference in the wider community. Yeah, for sure. Um, interestingly enough, I think that debate and martial arts are similar in a lot of different ways as well, because on, on one hand, right, martial arts is the very physically engaging, um, you know, art that really forces you to, you know, have all these, like, develop all these skills like discipline, you know, mental resistance that I talked to you about earlier. I think debate is the intellectual side of that because it, it, like martial arts, you have to be on your feet. Um, it puts you in situations that you'll feel vulnerable and uncomfortable with. But the beauty of debate is that if you're able to overcome these you know, and respond to those, then that's ultimately when you've achieved success. So there's a similar philosophy and alignment with uh, martial arts there. Um, with debate specifically, uh, something that um, like means a lot to me because it pretty much encompasses most of the topics that I'm interested in, right? Like social justice, you know, um, economic development, politics, etc. And what's great about debate is that it also allows you to intellectually discover yourself and basically what you believe and stand in. And I think that that's something that uh, works really well in terms of like, you know, people who are in I don't know if this is a bit extreme, but like existential crises, people who don't know what they like, people who don't know what they want. Debating was an activity that, at least for me, right, solidified a lot of the stances that I had on a political and societal level, right? It's one of the things that made me sort of understand um, how, like, the harms that minorities go through every day, the barriers to entry that they have, and a lot of different things that we take for granted as, you know, locals in Hong Kong. Um, so I think that that directly links to uh, me having larger passion for other things like martial arts and tech. So yeah, debating is that real intellectual bridge between um, 
like where you are right now to the potential impacts that you can be making through your intellectual discovery. So that's been really great. As of like what I've done with debate specifically, um, currently I lead um, two debate organizations like outside of school. Um, one is uh, Hong Kong Interschool Debate Organization, which is an historic organization focused on promoting debate in Hong Kong. Today, just now, actually, we came back from teaching um, Islamic students debate. So we really try to appeal to as many groups as possible to make sure debate is accessible. Whereas um, the other one, HKLWCCI, uh, is an international organization providing tournaments for free for absolutely everyone. So um, people can have a competitive debating experience without any charge. Yeah. That is so amazing. And like the fact that you're um, so engaged in other organizations to promote debate to others really shows how passionate you are. I guess as teenagers, a lot of us don't really know what our direction in life is or where they want to head towards. So it seems like you're pretty put together and you know your values and your beliefs. So just wanted to ask, do you have any advice for those that are still kind of lost in their life direction? Or um, how would you suggest them to uh, start to find their purpose in their community as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that I think a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, some people know exactly what they want to do. Like, that's not true. Like, I don't know uh, what jobs that I want to go to, what I want to study at university, uh, what, when I'll get a girlfriend or not. You know, there are a lot of different things that are still quite ambiguous at this stage. So, yeah, I think the first thing to know is that not everyone has their life figured out, right? I might be sort of like quite uh, understanding that I love martial arts and debate and I know how to promote these for other people for social good, but there are a lot of other things I don't know. As if just, um, I guess, um, some insight that I think would be valuable for myself is maybe just um, the, like the, the student culture and how easy it is to sort of get lost into this hustle mindset that a lot of people in Hong Kong have, which is great because it shows that we're really intellectual, capable, and competitive people. But it can get toxic as well, leading to a lot of people going like, oh, what am I doing with my life? What do I do outside of just grades, right? I think the key point over here is identifying that absolutely everyone is different, right? Uh, my skill sets are going to be different to yours. My interests are going to be different to yours. Um, it's okay to not conform to what other people do, right? Just because other people know that they like ballet or taekwondo doesn't mean that you have to like those as well it's really a matter of thinking of like what makes you happy as cliche as it sounds when you are spending your time and if something makes you happy right you'll realize that there's always something bigger you can do with that happiness for example if I really love watching you know a squid game I know that I can double this happiness by watching with someone else as well you know, even something as minimal as that. But also if I really love drawing, right? Maybe my drawing can be used to send things like political messages to groups I care about. Maybe my drawing can be used as a way to uh, promote things like sustainability, another issue I care about. It's really about just thinking of what things make you happy and how those can link to other issues that you care about. Because inevitably, there are gonna be things that you care about, whether you encounter them in school, whether you hear them on a day-to-day -day basis, whether you see that on Instagram, there are always gonna be things you care about and you'll find that your passion can directly link to those and yeah you can be creative with that as well right sometimes they might not have the most direct relationship but I think that's what's um that's why creativity exists right thinking outside the box I really liked how you talked about just do what makes you happy and like to share that happiness to more people actually I think essentially that's what um a change maker does right as of us here, um, we all have our own projects and that all stems from what we enjoy ourselves and we hope to share the same joy with other people. And so um, to wrap us off, we have a few questions that we would like to ask you. Um, for the first one, um, like what I mentioned just now, could you define in your words, what is a change maker? 
That's a really good question and something I've never been asked before. But I guess a change maker is someone that aims to foster or at least is willing to put time and effort and just commitment to fostering and cultivating a community rich in what you value, right? And what you think can do society more justice or what you think can make society even a little better. I think that really defines what a change maker is because at the end of the day, um, change is really sort of um, contingent on what you perceive as you know, a difference in the first place, right? And that's inherently tied to your value and what you think is right, what you think is valuable. So I think that if you're able to foster a community and something that you love or a passion that you have and um, you've, you've seen it grow, then that's a change that you've made. That is wonderful to hear. Um, the next question we have that we like to ask a lot of our guests is who is one, or even two if you have multiple, who is one female entrepreneur that you look up to, whether it be an entrepreneur, an activist, a change maker, just a role model you have? Mm. That's actually quite hard because um, there are quite a lot of you know, female leaders as a whole that I look up to a lot. But I think that um, someone in particular that comes to mind is probably, it's probably um, as controversial as this might be, I really admire AOC. And the reason why I say that is because I think that on one hand, right, um, there are times where people accuse her of being way too radical, et cetera. But for the large part of her political uprising, she has been extremely loyal to what her values and been original to that, right? It's like when you think of a grassroots movement, she's the first person that you, a, a lot of people sort of um, resort to, right? I think just being able to stick with the community that has been supporting you since day one and really buy into your interests and what you are, um, what you believe in life and just see that grow and that community, like the mass following grow, that's really inspirational for me. And I think that ties directly back to what I talked about with the definition of change maker, because um, when you're able to see, you know, yourself cultivate a community of people who you can inspire and people who actively want to engage with you, that's when you've created success. I think that's something AOC has done, not necessarily entrepreneurship, but leadership in an important area in society, politics. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people look up to her too. Um, and to wrap us off, what is one final piece of advice you would give to other ambitious youth out there that are trying to make a difference, um, but haven't had the chance to? Um, yeah, for sure. One more advice I'd give is always be genuine. And the reason why I say that is from my experience in um, directly working with um, organizations, you know, working with my own organizations, as well as seeing other people work in organizations, is that if you're not genuine about something, if something, um, if you're pursuing a task or you're doing something with an organization that you wouldn't spend your free time doing and have a smile on your face, then you probably shouldn't be doing that because there are so many other things you can be doing and you're probably just narrowing yourself down, which will lead you to, like, which will cause you a lot of stress and just general unhappiness. Um, yeah, I think that's number one thing, right? Always make sure that what you're doing has a purpose that you agree with and you completely want to push forward, right? Because we're all capable. We really are. It's just a matter of finding the best way in which we can optimize our capabilities. Um, that's number one, I guess. And number two is that when failure comes, um, I'd like to cite Mark Zuckerberg, um, a, quote, uh, a quote from his Harvard commencement speech in 2016, when he said that the freedom to fail is one that should be embraced because that is essentially the biggest catalyst to success said something along the lines of those. Um, I really take inspiration to that. Like you need to expect, accept that failures are inevitable, but look at them as stepping stones and ways to keep continuing, right? That's the same thing that happened with Kick Action, 
when I didn't have a lot of people. And I think other people should realize that failures are inevitable and how you set back from it and how you come back are essentially what defines you as successful. Wow, that was a lot to take in, but it was all so insightful. And I, I absolutely love how you quoted uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And I think any excited, ambitious young person out there looking to make a difference will really find value in those words. Before we end this, uh, some of our guests might want to get in touch with you or see what you're doing with Kick Action and Debate. Would you mind letting us know how we can find that, whether it be through social media, your LinkedIn? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm obviously always uh, available in a lot of different areas. Like on LinkedIn, you can find me at Justin Maru Kim. Um, then you can sort of see a lot of the projects that I do. Um, just on the social media accounts specifically. Uh, for Kick Action, you can find us on kickaction.hk um, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also check out our website, which is kickaction.org. As of um, debate, uh, Hong Kong IDO, you can find on Facebook at Hong Kong IDO, as well as Instagram at Hong Kong IDO. Um, the last thing I guess I'd recommend you check is CISX Ideas. Um, it's a seminal innovation at, uh, society at CIS, and we're basically opening a hackathon where you can use your tech skills, your design skills to create a change and solution um, to the problem of quality education. Sponsorships from Microsoft as well. Free computers as prizes. That is amazing. And with that said, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast tonight. It was an amazing conversation, and we can't wait to have more with you. For sure. Um, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Bailey. I appreciate your time and thank you for that fruitful discussion. Thank you. Huge thank you to Justin for coming on to the podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I can confidently say that I found his advice incredibly insightful. Same here. If you would like to hear the insights of other young change makers, tune in to this podcast every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Hong Kong time. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast now. To stay updated and involved, follow at nevertooearly.pod on Instagram. We'd love to hear from all of you. All links are ready in the description of this episode. Catch you next time.